Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon, a company run by Joe Ross. He's a former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer, and a guest on the Black Knight Nation podcast. We thank uh, Joe Ross for sponsoring the podcast throughout the season. And this is going to be our episode where we recap the 2023 season for Army football. We're also going to talk a little bit about the transfer portal and players who have decided to enter the transfer portal. We're going to talk a little bit about what we can expect for the 2024 season for Army 2. So uh, let's uh, get on with it. We have Seth Mendelson here, Mendelson here, Black Knight Nation. We have Brendan in Jersey to uh, to uh, recap the 2023 season. Thanks a lot, guys, for joining us. And we have a lot of viewers right now. So uh, we want to get your comments and questions. If we talk about something uh, uh that you want to comment on, please send your comments and questions to us. We will address all the comments and questions on this. We're here for you guys tonight. That's what this is all about. And uh, Seth, welcome. Happy uh, happy holidays to you, Seth, and happy holidays to you, Brent. Same to you, Sal. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yeah, same to you and same to our audience. Absolutely. Uh, let's. Uh, I, I put up a couple. Uh, first off, I want to plug something. I talked to Bo Nicholas Paul tonight. Bo Nicholas Paul is going to play in the Tropical Bowl. It's a senior all-star game in Orlando on January 20th. He received an invitation. He accepted it. He's pretty excited about getting another chance to play football, maybe another chance to impress scouts. So Bo Nicholas Paul, I'm going to write that story up as soon as I can. It'll be on the Black Knight Nation website. I do know there's one more Army senior that's been chosen to play in the senior all-star game. I will not reveal that name yet because – it has to be made public by the player, but there will be another Army football senior also to play in a senior game. So that's pretty cool. Um, I want to also get to uh, – I put up some poll questions today. I'm, I really wanted to put them up a little earlier. Um, had some stuff going on with family and uh, didn't get a chance to put them up as early as I wanted to, but wanted to get uh, Seth and Brendan's opinion on these questions and get the poll, um, poll also going, um, see how it went online. Uh, first off, I had uh, – well, who was the Army Offensive Player of the Year for the 2023 season? The the candidates I had, you only get four on these polls. So I had Bryson Daly, Kanye Udo, Tyson Riley, and Brady Small as the four offensive players, um, top offensive players. And um, the poll, 63% uh, Bryson Daly got the vote uh, for Offensive Player of the Year. Um I mean, pretty much uh, if you're talking about production, certainly, and what they meant to the offense when Bryson wasn't in the game, right, when he didn't um, start at LSU and in the in the UMass game when he didn't start, you know, it was a little bit of struggle. So, um, you know, um, I don't know how you guys feel. I think that's a, that's a pretty uh, consensus vote. How, how, how do you guys feel about that? Um, I, I mean, I, I'll start um... – I remember back in August when you and I were talking about who the quarterback was going to be at, at Army. And, of course, we, we, we thought it was going to be Daly, but we weren't sure. We didn't know what, what was going to happen here with this kid. Uh, he wasn't in the games much last year or the previous year. He's a junior. Um, we didn't expect much from him. And I totally agree. I think he was an absolute star for us um, and uh, made a, a dramatic difference when he played. Uh, when he wasn't there, as you just said, it was noticeable. And he, he's a tough kid. Um, glad to have him back next year. And uh, he's going to lead the offense next year. That's my view. He's, he's got my vote. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, 
there's one player in Army history who has passed for a thousand yards and rushed for a thousand yards in the same season, and that was Kelvin Hopkins in 2018. And uh, Bryson came up just short, basically with like 900 and change uh, passing and <clears throat> rushing, and he didn't get the benefit of a of a standout bowl performance like uh, <laughs> Kelvin Hopkins did. Yeah, so point. it just it just goes to show you uh, really like how much of the offense was on his back uh, this season. And, um, you know, I, I, ideally, um, ideally in any sort of option offense, you'd maybe like to see him have less of a load on the shoulders, but sometimes circumstances, especially, uh, especially something like the air force game where, you know, it was just kind of clear what was working that day. And then they had enough of a lead and the defense was playing well enough that they could just kind of salt the game away. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I certainly look for him to to join Calvin Hopkins in that club if if he starts next year and uh, you know stays healthy for at least you know eleven out of however many games they play next year. I, I will say off the top, I you know I mean we're gonna we're gonna hold off a bit on talking about twenty twenty four, but I, I guarantee they I guarantee the Black Knights go bowling next year. But we can talk about that later. Yeah, we can talk, we can talk about that later. Um, real quick, let's get a couple comments first off. I should have started off by saying Army, you know, just to recap the season real quick in a nutshell, you know, started off uh, two and one, but the season opener lost at uh, Louisiana Monroe, which was a game that they probably should have won. Definitely got to have that game. Uh, they went up, they rebounded, they beat UTSA on the road without UTSA's quarterback, Frank Harris, but then lost five games in a row. Um, went to two and six and then rebounded and won four straight. Um, and Walt checking in here saying, what a way for the team to fight back after starting two and six. So just wanted to give a quick recap of the season. We'll get into like specific parts of the season and those games coming up. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, a couple other notes up. Two of those guys out of the four that I picked were freshmen, uh, Kanye Udo and Brady Small. So that says a lot about the offense and, you know, those guys getting a chance. And, um, you know, there were some injuries this year, of course, with um, Isaiah Isaiah Alston, where he didn't play, only played four games. Um, you know, Tyrell Robinson uh, came back, you know, about midway through the season. So he his impact wasn't as much as it would have been if he would have played a full season. Um, you know, they, they really um, – man, I just liked it kind of – Moved guys in and out of the backfield a little bit, even though Udo got the bulk of the carries for a good portion of the year. Um, you also saw, you know, shifts with Tyson Riley in there. You also saw Hayden Reed in there at times. Um, Markel Johnson, in my opinion, didn't get as much as a run as maybe he should have. Uh, Miles Stewart was in there. They just mixed up a bunch of guys. And, you know, um, as far as um, Tyson Riley, I think he was probably the, one of the more, more, most valuable, maybe versatile players on offense. When he was able to play the B back position, he was able to play H back. Um, you know, he caught three touchdown passes. He had that hundred yard game against Coastal Carolina, which was one of the big differences in the win over an eight win Coastal Carolina team at home. So, uh, wanted to throw Tyson Riley in that in that acknowledgement and recognition too. And um, you know, the offensive line. Um, I don't think that we saw the best out of the offensive line at times. It was a pretty experienced group. But in the end, in those last four games, they they put their stamp on those wins. Uh, so that was good to see. And um, 
Josh Lingenfelter too. I mean, Josh Lingenfelter was a little bit banged up this year and, um, you know, he's a, he's a guy who's going to get a chance at the next level. Um, just wanted to give those guys a shout. You guys have anything to add on the offense and maybe specifically individual players or who you, what you liked about what you, you know, what you saw with individuals or. Uh, I would, I would say Noah short had a lot of clutch mm. catches, especially down the stretch. Um, but also <laughs> probably, uh, I mean, he had a touchdown against UTSA and, um, yeah, I mean, he was, he was kind of a, he was kind of a standout player in the first part of the season. And then, you know, I mean, everybody got kind of lost in the, uh, in the morass of that losing streak, but, um, was, uh, you know, like I said, had definitely, definitely had his share of, uh, clutch moments, uh, during that winning streak down the stretch. Yeah, I agree with you. Noah Short came out of nowhere and uh, really did come up with some clutch plays. So um, I was impressed with him too. That was a benefit of moving to the um, the gun option, moving Noah Short from defense to offense in the spring. And that really – he certainly took advantage of that and um, even was still playing special teams too. So um, valuable player for Army and only a sophomore, Noah Short. So uh, another – they're pretty they're pretty young – you know, you look at the offense and you say, okay, um, the, the rushing numbers weren't where they were in the um, the flex bone, right? They weren't as much as where they were in the flex bone. We thought maybe they would be higher. Maybe they score a little bit more points. But certainly for the future, they bring back a lot of guys, a lot of experience, a lot of those yards and rushing yards, receptions, all that back. So um, defensive player of the year on the poll, I had Leo Lowen, uh, Quindralen Hammonds, Jimmy Charlo and Caleb Caleb Fortner, um, Leo Lowen, sixty eight percent of the poll of the Twitter X poll, thirteen um, percent for Fortner, ten percent for Charlo, and nine percent for Hammonds. Um, there's a lot of options here. You know, if you go strictly by stats and strictly about you know what they meant to the defense, and you know, especially like, I mean performances right i mean leo lowen against air force was right out of his mind um caleb fortner against navy i made a great game um if you do it by game one to game 12 probably leo leo lowen's the, the pick there um what do you think seth well i i, I think leo was probably stands out uh, i agree with i would vote for him too but i would say each one of those guys and a couple others stepped up uh, at uh, various points during the season. Um, and uh, I, I thought the Army defense played very well this year um, uh, with a couple of mistakes, a couple of downtime, some downtime, but overall very well throughout the LSU game. We don't count that game. Um, but um, I was very impressed with how the defense played. And, uh, you know, Jimmy and, and Leo, they stood out there, you know, two captains did their jobs, but other people just stepped up at the right time, made key plays, uh, some fumbles, some interceptions, and kept Army in the game. You know, we always talk about it, it was a two and six start and we finished at six and six. That was the defense. Those four games, that defense played really well. Um, maybe you know, the coastal game would give the offense a, a little bit of a boost there, but um, uh, we're going to miss those two guys, you know, they're, um, and hopefully somebody will step up and take their place. We had a good defense last year, too, and we were worried. I think the defense did great overall. I would agree. Uh, certainly, um, you know, certainly, again, down the stretch, the defense really 
uh, flex their muscle, but they were, uh, they, they, you know, they, they, they were kind of the standout unit for, uh, for most of the season. But uh, I would agree um, in terms of like defensive MVP, definitely Leo Lowen uh, on the season, you know, leader, leader in tackles tied for leader in sacks and uh, alone with most forced fumbles on the season. Tough to beat that. Yeah, and so this is pretty senior. Like you talked, Seth talked about, you know, the captains with Leo Lowen and Jimmy Charlo. Uh, Q Hammond's also a senior, right? And then you had um, Bo Nicholas Paul, a senior, who had three interceptions. You had uh, the corners, uh, Jabari Moore and Cam Jones, seniors. Um, you also had um, Jackson Powell, a senior, who made some plays. You know, who who kind of was an unsung player on the defense, who made stepped up at some pretty big. Uh, times and made some pretty big plays for Army. Uh, Jackson Powell did, and you know the youth. Caleb Fortner's part of the youth there um, with you know Max D. Domenico. Uh, we'll get to Max mm-hmm. in a second. Um, those guys are going to be the experienced players coming back along with Kyle Lewis. Uh, Kyle Lewis's first year starting as a nose tackle, maybe a little undersized there, but certainly held his own in a lot of those games and was a, a factor. Um, I know they they rotated nose tackles with him, um, him and Darius Richardson, but for the most part, Kyle Lewis took the bulk of the nose tackle snaps. And for a first year guy, first year starter, um, I think he did a pretty good job there. So he's he'll he'll be certainly a guy that they look forward to down the road. Um, now game biggest win of the year. I mean, part of me at the start of this poll, you have four spots. I said okay. Our Air Force and Navy, and I was almost going to put UTSA and Coastal in there too, but I'm like, nah, we're just going to go straight up Air Force, Navy. What was the biggest win amongst uh, Army fans? What did they set, think was the biggest win? And right now the poll, I think the polls are just about closed. Uh, 57% said Air Force. So the Air Force was the bigger win over um, Navy, and we can talk about that. You know, 17th ranked Air Force was undefeated at 8-0. It was Army's first win over an AP-ranked opponent since 1972. So it was and 23-3 um, in Denver, basically a home game for Air Force, right? So I mean, a pretty, ama- a pretty, a performance that reminded us of that shutout effort, 21 nothing effort in 17 by Army um, at Air Force. So I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about the biggest win of the year. You can go both ways in that. I mean, just the way. The Navy game ended was a pretty big, you know, there was more drama in the Navy game than there was in the Air Force game. The Air Force game was a more dominant effort and probably a more impressive effort, right, if you think about it when you're going up against Air Force. And that spun them out of control. They lost their last four games of the regular season. They were able to win the bowl game to to get the, get to nine wins. But um, uh, how do how, how you guys see it? Brendan, how do you see uh, the biggest win of the year? Uh, I would say I would say it's definitely Air Force. Um, you know I, that was that was that was one of the things um, when uh, when Jeff Munkin signed his extension early in the season. I kind of I kind of listed a bunch of things of like uh, sort of like achievements left that he could still accomplish at Army, and number one on the list was defeating an AP ranked opponent. You know, I mean the fact the fact that not even like Jim Young accomplished that in, in his um, standout time as coaching it, uh, you know, I mean, streaks, you know, streaks like that can be really weird, 
um, you know, when they go for that long. So, uh, you know, some of it's, some of it's luck and some of it is just, you know, you're going up against better teams, but, um, you know, to finally, uh, to finally get that monkey off the program's back, um, you know, it's definitely the Air Force win. Not, you know, not that it wasn't also, uh, fantastic to beat Navy, and, uh, you know, even though the Navy win was closer than a lot of us liked, I really did feel that Army was the better team uh, on the season and on the day and um, throughout that 60 minutes. Now that will go to Mike Falowski real quick before we get Seth's uh, opinion there. Air Force was the biggest win, changed the entire season. Big underdogs on the road. Air Force was not the same team after that loss. What was the line on that game, Seth? Like, I forget. Air Force was, I think, uh, 11 or 12 point favorites, weren't they? Something. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was double high. digits yeah. plus. It was double yeah. digits yeah. plus. I thought it was yeah. even more than that. Yeah. What What, what yeah. do you think about the? Well, I, mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, let, let's go back the week before Air Force. We, you know, we had you know Army losing to UMass 21-14 at, at West Point, and you know, up in the press box, everybody was sitting there saying, "Uh oh, well, you know, what's going to happen here?" Um, we were all concerned. We, you know, had the TV sets on. It was a national tele- televised game. Um, and, you know, Army came out and just took it to them. And it turned the whole season around. Four wins in a row. They don't win that uh, that Air Force game. Who knows what happens? I mean, who knows? They could have been defeated, you know, mentally defeated. And you had the Holy Cross the next week. That was a tough game. We won only 17-14. That Air Force game turned the season around and allowed Army to be 6-6. Six and six. Um, at the time, they were two and six. Air Force was coming in; they were high flying. They were talking about going into an, a New Year's Day bowl game. Uh, they, you know, at the time, they were the highest ranked um, non-power five school, and they were all talking about you know the you know playing on you know, New Year's Day. Uh, Army changed that, and you know, as as Michael said, um, they were a different team afterwards. You know, they didn't regroup until this bowl game where they beat a good James Madison team. So, and uh, they finished nine and four. They were eight. No, they finished nine and four. And I think that's because of Army. So if the, the, um, uh, the Navy game is always big. We all know that. We've been to enough Army Navy games to know that. But Air Force changed and saved the season. Yeah, um, it was Army season to a point. I mean, Army season was on the line there and they were able to get a win and uh, kind of turn things around. And uh, that gets to the last poll question I had is, uh, what was the Army football play of the year in, in 2023? One, the Caleb Fortner strip sack versus Navy. Uh, two, the goal line stand versus Navy at the end of the game. Uh, three, Bryson Daly's uh, 62-yard touchdown run against the Air Force. And four, Max Domenico's interception against Navy. Um, we'll get to the poll results, and then we maybe we'll get to maybe if you guys have some other uh, opinions on the play, what you thought the play of the year was. Um Caleb Fortner's uh, strip sack won 46% to 43% on the goal line play from Army. Those things went up and down. I was watching the poll results during the, the night, and at one point it was like 47-43 goal line stand. So, I mean, those two plays were certainly big plays in that game. Individually, as far as a – I don't know if you're going to see many plays like that Caleb Fortner play when – the linebacker comes in on a blitz, strips the cornerback, the ball bounces right into his hands, and he's gone for, you know, a 40-yard uh, strip sack score. So uh, that probably would get my play of the year. When I think of play of the year, I also think of, like, unconventional stuff, right? I mean, things like you look at 
why does the Markel Johnson pass in the UTSA game come to my mind as one of the plays of the year? And you probably wouldn't think about it. It's week three, right? But it was a big play in that game, and it kind of opened up things on the offense against UTSA in that game. Um, that's my like, um, you know, offbeat pick. I don't know, Brendan. Do you have any? Do you have any others, or do you agree with the Fortner as the number one play, or w- w- what's your what's your take? Uh, I mean, personally, I'd, I'd say the goal line stand just because it's just so, uh, it's just like such a a symbol of like the philosophy of, of army where it's like, you know, everybody doing their, their one eleventh as they say to, to make the play. Uh, but I mean the, the Fortner strip sack is outstanding, like outstanding individual effort. What do you got Seth? Yeah, I, I agree with the strip sack. Uh, I, I think uh, maybe uh, had the momentum. Um, I was worried. <laughs> I think a lot of people were worried about uh, about Navy just taking over the momentum and that strip sack put Army up. I think it was was it seventeen three then. Um, is that correct? Yeah. So yeah, um, and um, you know it, we need <laughs> need that cushion. Um, but listen, I think uh, all those plays were, were were major major plays, and uh, including the UTSA play. Um, so, you know, I'm glad they all happened. Let's put it that way. We needed those things to happen for me to win the game against Navy and, you know, against Air Force, you know, it was, it was good play after good play for certainly the entire first half and then holding on the second half. Yeah, Jim Zopolis comes in saying Army started hitting versus Air Force versus just making tackles. They started forcing turnovers. And then he has a comment with hands like that, move uh, Caleb Fortner to wide receiver. I think they're going to keep them on defense, to be honest with you, Jim. But we'll see. I I think they're pretty okay. I was thinking about this, right, real quick. I was thinking about, for some reason, in the middle of the day, okay, what's Army got coming back? We'll talk about the transfer portal stuff in a second. But at wide receiver, they're in pretty good shape, I think, with Casey Reynolds coming back, Noah Short coming back, Toby Alawale coming back. And they have a couple other young receivers. I was talking to uh, Bo Nicholas Paul today. I'm going to try to put the audio on our YouTube channel uh, once I break it down, transferring it from phone to computer and stuff like that. But he was saying the young receivers that he got to play against on scout team for Army this year got him prepared for games. And he's saying watch out for some of those young receivers. Um, they have a couple They have a couple of young guys like a, a Toby Alawale that – are going to be coming up. So if they stick with this um, gun option, which who knows, that'll be a, uh, you know, off season storyline on what direction they go with the offense. If they stick with, you know, something in between the flex bone and the gun option and throw a little bit, you know, the features, features uh, next year is looking pretty good with wide receivers. So I think Jim will keep Caleb Fortner at linebacker. Brendan, you agree or no? (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah keep keep him where he is but one thing one thing we uh one thing we forgot to mention offensively uh freshman center brady small i think he started just about every game yeah um i mean that's a huge thing uh going into next season where they're graduating quite a bit across the offensive line but yeah. uh to have a to have a young center with that much experience uh I think that'll and you know, assuming Daly uh, is you know coming back at QB, um, could be you know that could be that could pay big dividends next year. 
Yeah, yeah, Brady Small, he starts every game, right? And in my opinion, personally, he was Army's best offensive lineman, in my opinion. Now, I'm not grading. I'm not a coach watching every little play. I, I, I was charting plays for a while during the season. But in my opinion, he was the most consistent. I don't think he had really a terrible snap all year long. I don't remember a snap that wasn't in the quarterback's hands. I could be wrong. Now, he had a couple snap – I think he had a couple snap violations where he might have – might have snapped the ball. I mean, moved the ball or whatever. They called him, called him a couple times for that. But I don't know. I thought he was really solid this year. And you know, you're looking at the offensive line coming back. Lucas Scott, you know, started I think from the second game on. He's a junior at guard. But then we'll see what happens. David Hoyt was a junior. He got some starts at left tackle. They try to mix guys in and out. It'd be interesting to see who may or may not be back as far as the upperclassmen. I don't know. I've I've heard some things where they might be trying. <laughs> who knows, man? You might be seeing some familiar faces back uh, on the offensive line. We'll see. Um, I'm trying to think of any uh, other any other things you guys want to talk about. I want to say I didn't put this to pull out, but who could be like a breakout player for next year that maybe wasn't you know a top player this year? So for the for army it, do any guys come to mind as far as a breakout player for you for next well, i think year? noah i think noah short uh, i think they're going to use him more next year i hope they use him more next year um so he he, he gets my uh, breakout player award for the you know for the offense yeah um uh, uh, defense casey reynolds um, as well yeah casey reynolds uh, uh, yes yeah, two, um two two uh, two solid wide receivers there sorry go yes, ahead i agree yeah, no, on, on defense, you know, it, it remains to be seen. Let's go back to the offensive line. That's going to be the most interesting uh, area that Army has to rebuild next year, assuming that they don't get some of these guys to come back for a fifth or sixth year, whatever it might be. Um, so um, I'm hoping somebody comes up and breaks out there because that's uh, – that's uh, that's that's pretty important uh, area. You need an offense. You need a good offensive line. If you're going to run this, whatever offense you run, either the flex or the or the shotgun, um, you, you need uh, a good offensive line, a talented offensive line. So we'll see. Um, I wish these guys were coming back. I think they learned a lot as the season went on. Um, but now you have to start over again with two or three new offensive linemen. Defensively, it could be anybody. Um, they've done a good job over the years, the last few years, getting these kids to come up. You know, they start out as freshmen and sophomore. We don't we don't think much of them. And then they get to juniors and seniors, and we're like, wow, <laughs> they're good. Uh, we've had that for the last few years. I was going to say um, maybe Tano Latuli, but he's gone. So, um, you know, he's in the transfer portal. So I'm going to say um, – Elo Madozi. I'm going to say Elo Madozi on the edge. I think that with Jackson Powell graduating, uh, there'll be a spot for him to potentially win. Um, he was a guy who had a sack, um, sack in a game against, um, I want to say Delaware State. I could be wrong. But then he had that when they blocked the punt, he he returned the punt block for a touchdown for, for 18 yards, I believe, in the game. So I'm going to go with Elo Madozi for um, – for the breakout player of the year. I think he's like six threes, like 220 pounds. He's got a frame that you can add on. You could probably even play. You're definitely going to want to play him on passing downs. And I think he can become a force, um, uh, a consistent force for army. That's a guy who just popped into my head. I would say El Madozi. Um, we have a couple co We'll have a comment here. Um, under center or gun option next season. Well, you know, that's something <laughs> that we talked about all season long. 
you know, they went to the under center for Coastal Carolina and it was a success. So Army fans are going to say, why don't you do a little bit more of that? We thought that they might do it against um, Navy. I thought they were in every play um, in the shotgun, but uh, one of the Army fans who I know said they ran one play uh, from under center against Navy. So uh, I think they had 62 plays, 61 under center. So, um, you know, um, what do you guys think? Throw it out there. Yeah, um, I, I, I can't wait for April to see exactly. First, it'll be warmer. Second of all, to see exactly what you know what's going to be happening in spring practice. Um, my guess is they incorporate both somehow. Um, I, I think Munkin knows that he he needs to do more. Um, you know, having the first year under your belt, um, uh, you know, is crucial. And now he's going to fine tune it uh, to include both, so you can keep the defenses, you know, uh, you know, on their toes and uh, maybe on their heels actually, not their toes, on their heels, and, and maybe do some more damage. But I, I, I definitely think he's coming back with the shotgun. But I. I hope and I think that they're going to incorporate much more under center. So who knows what you're going to get? Um, who knows what you're going to get uh, play by play? Um, that's that's my feeling on it. I hope I hope that happens. Jim Zopoulos says play both under center was a great changeup. What do you think, Brendan? Yeah, I mean, I think if you can if you can manage to to do both. You know, let's say at like uh, at like an eight, because I, I don't necessarily think you can be a hundred percent effective at both if you're doing both. But if you can be like eighty percent effective at both doing both, then uh, I, I think that's great. Um, you know, certainly, you know, we'll see with the uh, we'll see with the recruiting. You yeah. know how, how that how that affects things, um, but also. Um, you know, the Navy's in your conference now. So there's going to be, there's going to be a level of gamesmanship by having uh, common opponents throughout the season, like you've never seen before. And so I don't think the AAC would ever intentionally um, schedule army Navy back to back with like a particular school, but there's only so much you can do in scheduling. So if somebody gets if somebody gets hit with that back to back, it'll be really interesting to see like kind of how one school game plans um, for the other being next on the on the schedules. Um, I don't know. It it, it, uh, it makes things interesting for sure. Yeah, Mike Mike Falowski saying uh, incoming QB from Florida is an excellent passer. I think we are sticking with the gun. I think he's talking about Luke Knight, uh, one of the freshman QBs from Florida. Uh, freshman. There's also another freshman, Harrison Orr, coming in from Florida, who also, I mean, he's like 6'2", 210, maybe kind of a little bit more Bryson Daly type physical guy, maybe a passer too. So, I mean, it, you're going to have to have somebody step up in that number two spot behind Bryson Daly because uh, we'll talk about it now that transfer portal was hot after the Army-Navy game. I mean, for Army, there was a lot going out, and we know nothing comes in in the transfer portal. So, we had um, Isaiah Austin was the the big name right going out, and you know the stuff with Isaiah, uh, Isaiah being this would have been his fourth year at West Point, Isaiah, and the fact that he was granted permission or allowed to enter the transfer portal, um, you know, 
it, there's a lot there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on there that I really don't have 100% facts on so I rather just not say anything about what I'll just say is you know Isaiah's gotten offers from what Iowa State, Kansas, James Madison, UMass of all teams, you know, um he's getting some interest out there so he will be playing somewhere else um somewhere else next year but we don't know about Champ Harris or Larry Robinson the freshman quarterbacks um they entered the transfer portal. We'll see what happens there. If there's an interest there and they leave, um, you know, then Army's got got to find a backup quarterback. You know, they I don't know if they have a freshman on the roster right now that they think high of. Maybe Kale Helms, who's who starts to dress toward the end of the season. Um, you still have Dwayne Coleman, a sophomore, going to be a junior on the roster too. So we'll see where they go. I mean, they have some prep school quarterbacks. Um, I believe the, the, the quarterback's name is Ethan Washington. That was one of the top prep school quarterbacks. So we'll see if he comes in and maybe uh, buys for some time. Be interesting. You know, be interesting. Um, uh, we said Tano Latuli also um, entered the transfer portal too. A freshman linebacker who I liked a lot. When he was on the field, he was always around the ball. And with the graduation of Leo Lowen um, and Cam Agora, and some of those inside linebackers, you know, I thought that maybe he fit and maybe he get some playing time next year more, but he's gotten some offers uh, from some West Coast uh, FBS schools, I believe. So, I mean, he's from California. Um, you know, it looks like he's probably going to be gone too. Uh, you know, I mean, what are, you, what are your guys' thoughts on the transfer? We got to get used to this. This is going to happen every year because of of the of what's going on in college football right now. It's 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 much bigger than the service academies. Service academies are the losers in this because they can't, as you said, nobody can come into the the academies. Uh, they can just leave, um, uh, and that's that's bad. But this is what college football is about right now. Um, you know, look what happened with the, with the various bowl games. You have so many players, top players at various schools. You know, you got eighty, bowl, you got forty bowl games, forty two bowl games, eighty something schools, and a lot of kids aren't playing because they're transferring. Coaches are leaving, kids are leaving. This is what college uh, college football and college sports um, uh, is about. You see it in basketball. You see it even in, in lacrosse and hockey. Um, and, and I'm sure other sports, these kids are jumping around. Um, sometimes they need to because they're being told uh, by their coaches that they're not going to play at the schools they're at and they, they need to move on. And sometimes they see a better opportunity someplace else, closer to home, further away from home, you know, bigger league, get some, you know, get some exposure for the NFL uh, if they're that good. Um, in, in the case of Army, you know, if you leave the first two years, you know, you, you kind of leave without the. Uh, any requirements uh, after that? I don't know how that works. You know, with Austin, we'll figure, we'll find that out what what that meant. But um, this is what what college football is going to be about. I'm sure Jeff Munkin realizes this, and he's got to prepare himself for it. You know, and remember, a lot of these kids. What's what's what percentage of the kids leave the prep school and don't go to West Point? Are the football players? It's, it's pretty high, isn't it? Um, I would say like 20% maybe, but they'd say they have 45 to 50 kids there at the prep, probably at least 10 leave 10 to 15, maybe somewhere around there. I was thinking right. some, don't, some don't gain entrance to the army in general. Some, you know, cause some of them are going there for grades to get their grades up and test scores up so they can gain entrance to West point. And some of them are not accepted to West point and go elsewhere and play. So, um, yeah. let's see what Jim mm -hmm. has to say. The fact that Taj Washington declared for the draft 
that suit up for USC was a surprise. Yeah, it's crazy. What now? This is totally off topic, but Texas State, right? They have fifty-one transfers this come in this year. Or so. Is that right? Fifty-one transfer players come in. Yeah, I, mean, I, I saw something like that. Colorado. What did Colorado have? You know, yeah. well, lot, Texas State won games. Colorado won games at the beginning of the season, then yeah, kind of, then they fell apart. Yeah, but, but this is what's going. And you got to remember, there's also agents involved. <clears throat> so some of these better players said, "Hey, let's get you to a different school." Where you can get more exposure. There's a lot going on in college. NILs, right? I mean, name image likeness, right? That's something too. You can't get at West Point. So maybe these players, I mean, I don't know where that leads to. Who knows? I mean, you get a sponsorship, you get some money. Um, does said school in the Sun Belt say, hey, come transfer to our school? We'll get you a hundred thousand dollars in cash. I, I have no idea. You know, I mean, you can't do well, that. Yeah, that's for the best players. But there's a, as I said, there's a lot going on. And who knows where college football is in five years? You know, there's talk of forming a super conference of 64 teams that will be separate from everybody else. And Army, Navy, and Air Force, I don't think want to be included in that. Um, so, um, you know, uh, who knows what it's going to look like? It's changing quickly and dramatically. And as I said before, not in my opinion, not for the better. We have the legendary coach Red Blake checking in on our uh, uh, on on the podcast today. Welcome, Blake, uh, Red. Um, St. Next year, Brendan. You have any idea what St. Means? I assume special teams, uh, yeah. which which was uh, along with the defense, another standout uh, unit this past season. Certainly in the kicking game. I mean, I, th- I think there were. I don't think there was a miss extra point all season. And um, I think they, I think there were only like three missed field goals on the season, and one of them was in the Delaware State State game, where it was like, "Hey, like go, like go work out your leg, like let's just see if you can make this one." <laughs> like it didn't even matter. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they're gonna have to find another kicker, and uh, you know, yeah. hopefully they can, hopefully they can continue to. To work to to get a little more out of their punting game because that was uh, much like 2022. That was very adventurous at times. Um, but there was uh, there was a comment a little bit back from Eric. Uh, if 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 you know if you do both gun and under center, can Thatcher s- still call the plays? I think he has an off season to learn. You know, yeah. like it's it's not something you can handle during the the week. You know, during one week during the season or even during a bye week. But I think. You know he's a he's a he's a bright football mind, and you know if he wants to, or, or if they rather like want him to add that to his arsenal, I think he's a bright enough guy that he can handle it in the off season. Yeah. Um, real quick, I agree that. with that. I agree with that. Real quick, um, with the coaching staff, right? I mean, with all the coaching moves across the country, you know, right now Army still has its staff intact. Nobody has left. Monk and staff yet to take another job at maybe a power five school yet. Maybe I just jinxed it. Who knows? But <laughs> usually, you know, they've, they've had a lot of changeover over the last couple of years, right? Guys moving on to, uh, you know, quote, bigger programs, so to speak. So we'll see. Not We haven't seen that yet. Anything like that yet. Special team. Yeah. Quinn Moretzky. Let's mention Quinn's name. I mean, one of the best kickers in recent army history, no doubt. Probably the best kicker in recent army history. I can't remember. You know anybody better within the last fifteen years in Army history? I could be wrong, but I can't remember anybody better than Quinn. 
Um, you know, part of me thinks that Quinn has a chance if he wanted to, to give it a shot at the next level, you know, um, give it a shot at the next level. I don't know if uh, we'll see um, just talking to, um, there's going to be a pro day for army, you know, near the draft, probably late March or probably late March. And I already know that Josh Lingenfelter is going to participate in it. Bo Nicholas Paul told me tonight, he's going to be a part of that. I mean, I'm sure you got, you'll have the seniors there. Uh, we'll see. I mean, Quinn Moretzky was impressive. He made clutch kicks, eight, eight field goals in a row in commander in chiefs, um, CIC games, man, when all the pressure's on you, he's making them in. Toward the end, they weren't giving me shots. They were from 40, what, 47 and change out. They were some pretty good boots. And uh, Quinn Moretzky, we had talked about two bump pump blocks by um, the Army um, Army special teams with Jabril Williams uh, yeah. and uh, Elo Madozi scooping that up. And then you had Jabril Williams scoring on one that was blocked by, I believe, Brett Jarena in, in, the, in the Coastal game. So, I mean, there's um, – Special teams came to play, and um, you know who's that big game boomer? Who's that guy on the X? Big game boomer gave uh, John Saturnio the number nineteen special teams coach in the country. John Saturnio, when they were in the top ten, right, ranked in the top ten. But big boomer says number nineteen for Sean Saturnio. That guy's that that guy's clickbait. I don't pay him any attention. <laughs> I think two, two the, points. Go ahead. Go ahead, Seth. So two, two points I want to make. One, I think Quinn is probably the best uh, uh, place kicker we've had here since, I don't remember his name, but like 1972, 73. Oh, I'm not a really God. good kicker. I'm older than you guys, but oh I'm not God. kidding. It's, it's what about it's, Pat Malcolm? Was he any good? good? Was Pat Malcolm any good? Pat Malcolm was good, yeah. But this yeah, is what, about, what about Jay Parker? <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> Seth. This guy, this guy, I'm telling you, he's really good. I'm sorry. We I'm just lost guy. like 10 viewers. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm old. What can I do? I, 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 Who was I the guy? The 70s. But the other point I want to make is we're not, we haven't really talked about the lack of fumbles and how that benefited Army, especially in the second half of the season, and also the penalties. Our Army did not get hit with as many penalties. The last couple of games they did, I think. But before that, they went, they went a, a, a streak of not having that many penalties, that many holding calls. Um, I think that was a key to the Coastal Carolina game, as I recall. Um, um, you know, they got caught up with some holding early on in some key games, but some games they didn't. But uh, they didn't have the turnovers. And I, I think, um, uh, I, I, I think, well, as Munkin says all the time, turnovers are the key to winning. And I think in the second half of the season, you did not see that many Army turnovers. Craig Stopa is another legendary Army kicker. Somebody that's the guy I'm talking about. Yeah. Craig Stopa, that's the guy. Craig Stopa did yeah, not kick in the 70s, did he? I guess he did. 73, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. No, I, th I, thought he was, I thought he was a mid-80s guy. Yeah, I don't know. I have to get my I'm Army. Uh, don't make me get my Army talk. media guy out, Seth. Don't make me do it. <laughs> okay, I'm getting it. I, I have it right here. Hey, um, oh, there it is. You can, you can research that while we get to this question. Is Worley a candidate for Navy OC? Now, Navy did let go of its offensive coordinator after one season. Um, yeah. Grant Chessman, was that his name? Am I correct? Chestnut? Uh, Chestnut. No, Chestnut. Great Chestnut. Yeah. Uh, Grant Chestnut. And, um, you know, I think that Navy fans are calling for Ivan Jasper to get that that job back. We'll see. Ivan Jasper's still on the staff. Um, I don't know. If uh, Cody Worley leaves for Navy, that's a blow. 
because Cody Worley's done a pretty good job with the Army quarterbacks, you know, over the last couple of years, whether it be the shuffling, the quarterback shuffle, right, Brendan? Um, whether it be, <laughs> you know, whether it be the quarterback shuffle or just uh, getting Bryson Daly in his first season to be, you know, the, the, the basically the bell cow of the offense. And, um, you know, that would be a big blow for Army to lose uh, Cody Worley if that was I, – I haven't heard anything to that. So, Eric. Yeah, I mean, I, you know. I think they would be foolish not to interview him, but I mean, just looking at maybe the past few years, they don't, you know, they don't seem very capable of making good decisions right now. Uh-uh. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just been, it's, it's been a mess, you know, I mean, you know, uh, Chet trying to fire Ivan Jasper and then, yeah. and then, you know, and then it was like, oh no, he's not fired, and then, and he's still there, but, but Ken's gone. I mean, nothing that they've done the past like two, three years has made any sense in terms of somebody, anybody having, um, you know, a, a a vision for the program for everyone else to follow. It just doesn't make any sense. If I, you know, if I was a hot coaching candidate, I don't think I'd want to go there, because. Um, yeah, I, I will say this. I will say this. Um, Cody Worley, I thought, should have got some consideration to be the Army offensive coordinator this year, offensive coordinator this year. Um, they went outside the box. They went to Drew Thatcher. I think he certainly has the credentials to be an offensive coordinator at the FBS level, um, especially when you're you're operating a option-type offense, no doubt. Um, look at the game he called against Coastal Carolina. That's enough said. That's enough tape to put out there to say, hey, you know, I don't know. Uh, say a Kennesaw State who's moving up to the FBS level is looking for an offensive coordinator. Um, that's where he originally came from before he he, he coached at Army. Um, the dude deserves a coordinator shot. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, he's good enough to be a coordinator. And so um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, uh, Jim Zalkin. Craig Stopper, uh, you guys are yeah, right. 19, ten minutes later, ten minutes later, he played in the early eighties. The guy I was thinking about was Jim Barkley, um, so he played in the seventies. Oh, so, that was, uh, but uh, Craig Stopper has the record for most field goals at Army, uh, forty-eight. Nice, Tried sixty-eight made forty-eight. Well, I want to make sure I get it right. No, you know what? Maybe we'll do an Army football trivia <laughs> podcast uh, down the road, and you and you can host, <laughs> you, and you can host it. You know what I mean? <laughs> But 1960s and 70s army football trivia. He's our army uh, football his, historian, guys. The Black Knight Nation army uh, football historian. His if, name is Seth Mendelson. Give him a follow. Oh, wait, he's not on social media, guys. He might be on Facebook. Um, yes, I am. If, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook. If I may, um, Go ahead, if, if I may comment on the whole transfer port and all that, sure. In, in some ways, this is nothing new, you know. Uh, they, they've they pretty regularly have guys transfer out of the program or, you know, who stay at the Academy, but, but leave the football team. Um, you know, there's, there's always, there's always been and always will be a certain amount of attrition at the Academy because of what the Academy is and trying to play football on top of that. So I'm not necessarily concerned just because, um, you know, like I don't, you know, Ar- Army goes after just a different sort of person um, to be a part of the program, especially now. I mean, when you hear when you hear Munkin talk about recruiting, he's like, he's like, you know, it's like we're not, it's like we're not going after like your 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 run of the mill, you know, 
uh, high school standouts. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're really looking for people who people around them feel could, you know, meet the challenge of, of being at the Academy and, uh, and, and uh, playing football as well. So, um, you know, I agree. Like I'm not really happy with the overall direction of college football. I, I think, um, I don't know. I, I kind of wish there was like, <laughs> I kind of wish there was a czar, you know, at some level to just be like, Hey, like, you know, we gotta, we gotta do better to make this work for, for everybody who wants to be involved. But, uh, yeah. you know, people are going to chase money. So there should be a limit and how many, I don't know, whatever. Um, Want to uh, also in the transfer portal conversation, um, Calvin Crummy also entered the transfer portal too. He, entered, he was the first to enter the transfer portal. Um, he was a guy who was injured at the beginning of the season, made it back and played some special teams in the middle of the season, got on the field for the LSU game, and then um, decided that you know he was going to enter the transfer portal. And Calvin Crummy was a guy who a year ago was right in the middle of that goal line stand against Navy, um, you know, to, to, for, to help Army win that double overtime game. So um, Calvin Crummy could definitely, it could be a playmaker. And uh, we wish, we wish all those guys the best at whatever decisions they decide, you know, um, the, the guys that have entered the transfer portal, the guys who, who stay. And I look at like a guy, you know, just talking to Bo Nicholas Paul earlier tonight and just talking to Bo a little bit about, how he, he he didn't really get a, much of a chance to play until his junior year, and then his senior year was more snaps. But he said, whatever time I got on the field, I wanted to make the most out of it. And I was trying to make a play every time I got on the field. And that's what you hope that you got those guys, because those are just kind of the glue guys. Um, the guys like, I'll tell you, I'm going to miss, while we're doing this, I might as well say this, um, while we're doing this recap podcast, and then we'll go to a little bit about what we can expect and beyond. I'm going to miss guys like Bo Nicholas, Paul, and Ijon Marshall because those guys were about the realest Army football players I've ever met. Uh, maybe Steve Anderson's up there. You know, I'll give our co-host Steve Anderson up there. <coughs> those are the guys that just told it like it is. They played what – they were all heart guys. They were all team guys. You look at Ijon Marshall, you know, was getting um, – Scoring touchdowns as a slot back last year, gets moved to slot receiver this year, has a little bit of struggle at the beginning of the season, toward the end has a touchdown against Coastal Carolina. He's playing Gunner on special teams his senior year when he was a main guy on the offense last year. And he's, you know, doing whatever's best for the team. And just talking to those guys over their four years, I mean, like I said, they that's 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 guys we can really be proud of. The, going into the army and serving our country. Those guys don't need this as real as it gets. And, uh, you know, that senior, senior class was a pretty big senior class for Jeff Monkton because you had some five-year guys in there. Um, a lot of guys that are going to be missed, you know, a lot of guys, but yeah. last year it was the same thing with Broughton and Carter and that class. And you said, well, how are they going to, how are they going to fill those roles? What are they going to do on defense? What's going to go on on offense and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, six and six is average. It's a lot better than what it could have been. But next year, I mean, going to this AAC schedule, and Seth, you wrote it uh, when the schedule came out. We don't know the dates yet. We don't know the order of – We all we know is no. home and away opponents. But Army has a pretty favorable schedule in their first season in the AAC. 
I just want to say one more thing. We'll get into that. It takes a special kid, whether it's male or female, to go to West Point, Annapolis, or, 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 or the Air Force Academy. Uh, and it takes a really special kid to play football. Uh, you're playing against Division One teams. You ha- academically, you have to be sound. You got to go to school. You got to go to uh, do some military responsibilities. And of course, you got to play football, which is a full-time job. So um, I've always been, you know, as I've gotten to know the players through the last few years of, of working with you, Sal, um, I am so impressed with these kids, every one of them, and what they do and how they do it and how they compete. Uh, they're not the biggest kids on the field. The other team's usually bigger. Uh, sometimes the other team's faster. Sometimes they're just better. Uh, but these kids give 100% all the time. So I just wanted to say that. And uh, I am so impressed with the way they act uh, during the game and after the game with us and how polite they are and how they answer questions most of the time. And that goes to the coaches, too. They're right. They're candid and forthright and, uh, with us. And they we ask a question, they answer it uh, when they win and when they lose. So I'm impressed with that. Changing the subject to the uh, AAC next year. I wrote the story about three weeks ago. Army got a great deal going into the league next year. Navy got a tough deal. Uh, so that's good for the, uh, the Army fans and not so good for Navy fans. What I mean by that is Army is not playing uh, Memphis. They're not playing Tulane um, uh, because there's uh, 14 teams in the league. You play eight league games. So obviously uh, Navy game doesn't count. So it's 13. Of course, you can't play yourself. So you're playing eight out of 12 teams uh, for Army. So the four teams include that they're not playing include Tulane, which is has become a good program. Uh, they have their own stadium now. They seem to be recruiting very well. And Memphis has always done pretty well. Um, and I think there's a third team that's pretty good. Is it South Florida? There's a third team they're playing that's pretty good. Army is not playing a team in the league that had a b- above 500 record uh, this year. Um, yeah, no. going into the bowls, going into the bowls. Yeah. I don't know how it finished now. And that's a great welcome. Um, looks like we open up against Lehigh. We, we're not 100% sure of that. Um, and then they go into the, uh, the season against, um, um, uh, against uh, the league schedule. Um, somebody writes Army Notre Dame. We think that's happening. Um, can they just uh, announce November? that, Seth, so my report from 2021 uh, can come to fruition, please? I mean, we don't know why they haven't announced it yet. We know the game. If, if it's going to be played, it looks like it's going to be played in Yankee Stadium to honor the um, the Four Horsemen game. That game was actually played at the Polo Grounds, uh, but the Yankee Stadium is as close as you can get. It's across the river, the East River. Um, and you cannot play in Yankee Stadium. You cannot play a football game until after the baseball season is over. Um, whether the Yankees make it or not, because they don't know whether the Yankees are going to, you know, how far they're going to go. So to play in the Yankee Stadium, it has to be sometime starting the second week of November. We understand, we think it's the weekend, if it is played, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Is that correct? 23rd is what I kind of came up with, I think, yeah. November 23rd. And, and real quick, Which you know, I had people reach out to me uh, with messages. This is the Army Syracuse game, Mom? Uh, this was a couple of days ago. I apologize for not getting back to people. I was just, like I said, dealing with a lot of, of, of personal and family stuff. Um, and we found out through reports, which we knew already, Seth, Army and Syracuse are not playing next year. Maybe they're going to push those games down the road potentially who knows there were still three more games in that contract i believe it was a four game series signed so one was played at syracuse this year and there was supposed to be two at mikey two at syracuse so we'll see down the road if they play it would make sense somewhere down the road for army and syracuse 
play, right? What I what I understand is that Army wants to play one division, uh, you know, F, F, uh, FCS school every year, Lehigh, probably a Patriot League team uh, if they can, if they will. Um, and then they want to play one Eastern Division One school, uh, FBS school. And um, uh, Army um, uh, Army Syracuse makes sense. Um, you know, BC, Rutgers, uh, Pitt, one of, the, one of those schools. But Army Syracuse makes sense. And they probably are trying to push that down the road a little bit. I mean, they're not going to play Notre Dame every year. So that opens up the one game. You only have four non-league games and Navy and, and Air Force are two of them. And then the one FCS team, they don't want to play two FCS teams because of you know, it doesn't count towards bowl standings. Um, and I, I think I think the uh, AAC has a regulation that you cannot play two FC, FCS teams uh, because they have to fill the bowl Yeah. yeah. So, hey, uh, Eric's got all the scoops. Uh, Eric's got all the scoops, I think. He's like Army Air Force to Giant Stadium, question mark. I well, mean, that, that's a possibility. Um, it's, it's, uh, the, the stadium is going to be half of, uh, was it, 8,000 seats will not be usable next year as they rebuild the East Sands. So uh, there, is, there, is a, there is talk of moving the game either to the Meadowlands, MetLife Stadium, uh, or Yankee Stadium. Um, or, you know, I don't know where else they would go besides those two places. But then again, they may also sit there and say, let's just play the game at Mikey. Uh, and hold, you know, we'll get about 30,000. I'll put some temporary stands up. They'll get 30, 32,000. Yeah. Um, who knows? Um, we'll find out soon. Um, uh, I imagine the schedules will be coming out in the second or third week of January. Um, and we'll find out what's going on, including the Notre Dame game, if there is a Notre Dame game. Air Force, I think, released their schedule today or yesterday. And they, you know, the usual spot on that I don't think they put the site. I don't think they put the site. They probably just put yeah. – I saw on their graphic it was just at Army. It wasn't like, you know, with an asterisk a neutral site game. So they're going to wait for probably Army to announce that or do a joint – well, that's Army's announcement since it's Army's home game. So we'll yeah. see what happens there. I mean, sooner or later yeah. we're going to hear something about it. So Here's something interesting. Next year, Army's going to have six home games. Whether they play all at Mikey or not, we don't know. But you have the four league games. You have supposedly Lehigh. And there has been talk of Lehigh wanting to back out of that. But I don't know if that's true or not. But, um, and, and then and then Air Force. So you have six games. Plus, you have the Navy game in Washington, not that far away. And the Notre Dame game in um, – um, in, um, uh, in Yankee Stadium, if that happens. And I think Temple's an away game. So Army will have yeah. nine games played between Mikey Stadium and then, of course, as far, as far south as Washington. So out of 12 games, nine of them will be in driving distance for any West Point fan who lives in the <laughs> Northeast. Seth is going to get Seth's ready to, ready to drive but, this game. So that. But, but they I'll do. Um, I promise. If I'm here, yeah, I'm, but, I'm going. But they do they do make trips to uh, Texas and Florida, which is good for recruiting. The I think the Florida Atlantic, right? Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Is that the, yeah? Yeah. That's an interesting team. They play. They had a bowl game, the Boca Raton Bowl, and um, you know it, it's it's an interesting team. They really try to make a name for themselves down there. They did in basketball, and now they're trying to do it in football. Do they? Um, do they really try to make a name for themselves? In basketball, they are, and oh, they're okay. trying in football. They're trying in football. I mean, hey, listen, I mean, somebody's going to win this league. Uh, they had to. Uh, God, I'm they sorry. hired. Um, oh man, uh, oh god, I can't remember his name now. I, I, I but he was he was like the son of a pro coach. I don't know. He was there for like a cup of coffee. 
trying to <laughs> trying to give that that program some notoriety. Yeah, the the, the Owls of Florida Atlantic. Uh, AJ asking, do you, do we think the Army offense will go to the new offense or under center? We answered that earlier, AJ. We think that it could be a little bit of a combination of both. Coach Munkin said maybe even in the the Navy post game, right? He was saying they they might have to look into a little bit more of incorporating both of the offenses in the off season. Um, there we go. We got AJ guys. If you have any other questions uh, for us, uh, we're going to talk about the, the 2024 season on a personnel level uh, real quick. And then we're going to um, get out of here. But if you got any questions, we'll, we'll, we'll post them up and we'll try to answer them. Uh, we pretty much kind of, when we went through our offense and defense kind of got a feeling about what army has back for next year. We talked about the schedule a little bit next year has to be a bowl year for army, right? I mean, it just has to be, I mean, two, six and six seasons. I mean, seasons where, you know, there were some struggles, you know, this year, five game losing streak, four game winning streak to end the season. You go into the off season feeling pretty good about yourself. The commander in chiefs trophies back at West point. We didn't really talk about that too much, you know, that is one of the main goals of the program. You got that in the in the case and outside the football office. You're gonna have that as motivation to keep that. You know, um, you know it's got to be a bowl bowl year, no doubt for the for the Black Knights. They have we talk about they have the offensive pieces right with Bryson Daly coming back, with Kanye Udo, with the receivers coming back, uh, led by Noah Short and Casey Reynolds. Um, tight end, we'll see what they do at tight end. Um, got some younger players coming back there. The offensive line's going to, they're going to need some guys to step up. Uh, you know, a guy who was injured this year and did not play, who started last year, Will Jeffcoat on the offensive line, he would have been a junior this year and he got some starts as a sophomore in the offensive line. So if he can come back from injury, he could be a guy that they might, that, that might be a guy that kind of, some guys like that, you don't really think, you don't really you know, Will, Will Jeffcoat did start games last year for Army. He, he could be back. His, his, it would be his senior year, and that would be a good boost to the offensive line. I know um, they were having a battle between Brady Small and Bill uh, Katsagiannis, you know, so and I think Katsagiannis played a little guard um, in some of the games. So th- there are some guys who have some game experience, but let's see what they do at those tackles. The interior should be pretty good. Uh AJ, you don't have to apologize, man. Sorry you just tuned in now. We appreciate you checking us out. Yeah, we, yeah. we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, what's Absolutely. up? Absolutely. Any other questions, AJ? Fire them. The, the AAC has, I believe, is it six or eight, six, seven or eight bowl games uh, that they're they're signed up for. So um, out of yeah. 14 teams, half your teams, you know, if they finish six and six with only one FCS victory, or team, whatever, um, they, they should be able to uh, – Army has a solid shot at going to a bowl game. And, you know, let's be honest, Army plays two bowl games every year, Air Force and Navy. So this will be a third bowl game if they can do it. And I think they got a great schedule. I think there's a lot back. You know, I think what Munkin did this year, he tried, you know, and I, I, I respect it. Um, and I think he's going to come up with some good ideas for the – over the winter, I'm sure they're working on it right now. Um, you know, and um, – uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some kind of new, new offensive twist comes up, um, and um, you know it's um, you know, and they do something we don't even know about yet. So what's this? What's the real timeline for Mike? Uh, t- Two thousand and twenty-six. Uh, is that they, what it is? 
Yeah, yeah I think two years. Yeah, two years. Man, it's that's a long time from now. It's we'll gonna see be weird. Happens. It's gonna yeah. be weird. They did say they did say they will have some uh, temporary seats. I think mostly for the twenty-five season. So they'll be able to incorporate some seats in there somehow. Uh, but it's a two-year. Uh, I, I think they get going in a couple of weeks, right? In January, they'll, they'll get going I on it. I thought they said the spring. Yeah. Because don't okay, you well, have to play these little cross games there? They can do it around it. They can still do it. I was talking to uh, Joe Abarishi, the, the cross coach, and everybody will just be on the other side, uh, yeah. on, the, on, on the home team side. Um, it, it shouldn't affect the field at all, at least not much. Um, it can't affect the field at all. Um, but it looks like it's going to be um, – uh, it, it looks like it's going to be the 26th season, and um, it's going to be beautiful. They're spending a, they raised 170 million dollars, all private funds. This is not the government's not putting anything into this. 170 million dollars. That's pretty impressive. I'm telling you, after that Coastal Carolina home game, and knowing some people who whose families have had seats there for 40 years on that in those East stands. It's a sad, it was a pretty sad, like emotional day for that. You know, now they're going to be moved, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see what yeah. happens. We'll see, once I want to see the shovel in the ground first, to be honest with you, Seth. Let's see the first shovel in the ground. Let's see some some stands being knocked down. Let's see something something going there. You know, we'll, hopefully we'll see it by the spring. Um, AJ saying he. We talked about this a little bit with the. A neutral site game for Army Air Force. I mean, that is the one game that would probably sell out on Army schedule for the 2024 home schedule. So, I mean, can you move it? If you move it to, like, say, MetLife, or is that game going to draw 50,000 fans? I don't I mean, know. It, it, it did in Denver. So, you know, and I know, um, I know a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of like class reunions and stuff, like rather than trying to go to Mikey or or even Army Navy this past season, they went out to Denver for their uh, for their class reunions. So I could I could see that being a, a ticket sale boon. Uh, you know, obviously, like I mean, I don't think they would sell out MetLife, but if you know you sell out the lower bowl, you know, fifty thousand, whatever, I think that's a good deal. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, I mean. Yeah. I don't think you can play that game really at Mikey Stadium with construction going on. I don't think yeah. you can. I mean, I don't, so they're going to find a place to play. And like Seth said, if you're going to play the Notre Dame game at Yankee Stadium, you're definitely not going to play twice at Yankee Stadium in a month. So you're going to – the next biggest venue is – you know, I don't, I don't think you're going to play that game somewhere where Army can't have at least a little bit of advantage in travel. You're not going to play at Lincoln Financial Field. You know, you're not going to no. – you're going to play that probably MetLife, and we'll have to check out the schedules for, you know, see what happens. I mean, that would be the first Saturday in November. So hopefully we'll see that. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking. Oh, baseball, no, Mike. Baseball. Hold on, Seth. Mike Falowski. We, we, Mike, you're one of our most dedicated followers to this podcast, but make it a primetime game at Jerry's house. Ugh. How did how did those games draw? Sal, you went. To, did you go to one of them, or how did the two games at the at the at the baseball stadium? Oh, I did not go. I did not go to those. They did not draw well. They did not draw well. 
they were like in the in the 30s, low 30s at the most, I think. So yeah, I think they. I don't think they made much of the whoever sponsored that. Somebody sponsors that. I don't think they made a lot of money. They expected more because you know, this, you know, Texas being a big that, military. Take this state. question away, will you? Since you're a season ticket holder, take this okay. Um, uh, you got to be a season ticket. You got to negotiate with them. You got to call them up and say you want where you want your seats and hope that they you know this is a tough year because of, of the construction if it happens. Uh, but I, I, I will say this, don't be in the end zone and don't be the first four rows anywhere in the stadium. <laughs> so, uh, but try to negotiate with them. The, the sections, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 uh, are good seats. But I would call the ticket office up and say, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, you know I'm, I'm buying tickets. I, I want good seats. Uh, just don't settle for that. That's, uh, that's my, um, my suggestion. Jimmy Charles' dad just said, Seth, what'd I say? Oh, one, se- one second. Here we go. I'm getting to the comments. Mike, we'll, we'll let you slide with the Jerry's World suggestion. Um, Seth, how's the CIC? Not the topic of this podcast when they were left for dead at two and six by some of you. I never left them for dead. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to assume that's not <laughs> directed <laughs> at me. This might be my favorite comment of the whole year. Just Seth in capital letters. That's great, man. I think I got a screenshot hey, that. I'm up in Ringwood all the time. You got to like me, Jim. Come on. I'm, I, 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 I'm in your hometown visiting all the time. I have friends up there. That, that uh, listen, I, I was surprised. I was surprised that there were an 18-point dog going into that game, into the Air Force game. Uh, I had no doubt Army could beat Navy, but Air Force, I no one, 18-point dog. I wasn't the only one who thought they uh, – they they, they they weren't going to win, and I'm happy as can be that they won. And your son had a great a great year, so thank you. Yeah, I mean, we still have a lot of people viewing this podcast. I, I mean, I, people turning in uh, comments and stuff like that. I mean, we pretty much have hit a lot of this. Um, I mean, I don't. Go ahead, Sal, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think anybody on this podcast was ever calling for coaches' heads at any point during the season, and I know there was some of that going on on social media but it was not coming from us yeah i mean not at all transition to the offense you know it i will admit it was really rough i mean 159 minutes without offensive score was rough to to go through and i mean it, it there were some times what that air force game they they pulled it out and you have to give and we said this before you have to give um the leadership on this team, the play, the leadership amongst the senior class and down throughout um, a lot of credit because they could, they could certainly pack the season in, no doubt. You lost five, you know, five in a row, you're two and six, you're playing a really good Air Force team, but they, they certainly brought their best and the Air Force did not bring their best and the Air Force got smacked. And, um, you know, that's one of the better, um, if you could go to rank it, uh, Jeff Munkin wins in his 10 years at Army, right? That's probably top five. That's sure. probably a top five win of Jeff Munkins in his ten years. I mean, we can we can go through and rank them and that kind of stuff. Um, but that I was mean, a major upset. That was a major upset, and they dominated them the whole time. Jim, I'd like to add one more point. I interviewed your son a number of times, and you did a great job raising him. He's a class act, and uh, I wish him the best going forward. The same to you. Yeah, real quick. Um, I just got a text message from um an army fan saying that if um they do play the neutral site game 
uh, Air Force away from West Point. The last Army Air Force game at Mikey Stadium was 2018, and they wouldn't play again until 2026. So that's an eight-year period where Air Force does not play at Mikey Stadium. So we'll see. I mean, maybe things will change. Maybe they'll go the new. Maybe they won't go the neutral site route. It makes most sense to go the neutral site route. Um, they played said, in 2020. We, Didn't they play 2020? At, at they Army? played it at. Uh, you're right. They did yeah, play. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Without fans. Without fans. Without fans. Yeah. Without, without fans. fans. Yeah. But let me put yeah. the asterisk with fans. Um, yeah. Uh, real, real quick, that home schedule, right, Seth? Who who are the um, AAC teams? Nobody that's gonna. Nobody that's gonna. I got it. I got it pulled up. Go ahead. Thank Uh, you. So at home, it's UAB, East Carolina, Rice, and UTSA. Okay, UTSA is the tough team on that schedule at home, and uh, they're the toughest of the four. They're by far the tough. They're gonna be. Yeah, they're always gonna be good. They they recruit pretty well down there. Um, Yeah, but Frank Frank Harris finally won't be there. (laughs) Yes, he won't. So, I mean, after eight years or ten years, he finally is moving yeah, on. Yeah. Who, give me the away schedule. So, our away schedule is Temple, uh, Florida Atlantic. North Texas, and Tulsa. Right, well, Tulsa was at the bottom. Uh, Florida Atlantic is struggling. I think they were, you know, they they, they, they were a sub-500 team. North Texas is always a tough game for Army. Um, yeah, they, you know, they, they, they match up tough. That I home mean, schedule is is what it is. You know, that's, yeah. the, that's the AAC. That's what you get. You're in the conference. That's what you get. You know, so I mean, if you, um, I mean, if you take out SMU and insert Army in in terms of like the overall ratings, Army's basically a top five team in the in the American this season. Like, there 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 were just not a lot of good teams there uh, this past year. Yeah, it's a transition, right? Because uh, Cincinnati and Central Florida go to the Big 12, and there's some movement going on there. And now SMU, SMU to the Atlanta ACC, ACC. And, uh, and now you're like bringing you got sharp, you got the Charlottes of the world coming in, you know. And uh, we'll see, we'll see. And you got and you got AJ, AJS, AJS is about do we like the conference? I don't think they had a choice, um, with the way college football is going. Um, they, 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 they had to do it because, um, it's all about money and they had to try to get as much money as they can and get into a league and, and <clears throat> get teams that they can play. Um, it, it's all changing very quickly. And I think that the, um, the athletic director did a good job, of uh, getting them into this conference. I think it's the best conference for Army to go to. If they're going into a conference, it makes the most sense. Um, and you know, you have a couple of teams in the east, you have Temple and, and Navy, and East Carolina is not that far away. Um, so, um, you know, there's some rivalries going on there, so real no quick, choice. real quick, what's going on with Florida State in the college football landscape? And if they were to jump the ACC and the ACC falls, falls apart, and you end up with Syracuse and Boston College, and uh, those kind of schools looking for places to to play and have a conference. Uh, my opinion at the beginning was maybe Army jumped the gun a little bit on this uh, conference and, and going to the conference a little bit. What was the hurry to join the conference? Uh, yeah, AAC needed one team. The AAC targeted Army. They wanted Army. They wanted Army Navy in the same conference. And I, I thought they kind of they could have waited. There was no really hurry for this. And now what if the college football landscape blows up again? 
Um, I guess if you're looking at it from an Army standpoint, they're going to say this is where we can be the most competitive in this conference, right? We talked about the AAC. They could be a top five team potentially next year in the AAC. Um, could they be a top team when you're going to have a conference that includes Syracuse and Boston College every year? Who knows? You know, who knows? And who knows who else would be in that 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 mystery conference if those teams get left out? Um, the Wake Forest is of the world if they get left out. Who knows? But those are teams that they Army's played in the recent past. Um, do we think it'll help recruiting? Um, I don't know. I mean, yes and no. Yes and no, maybe. But now you're going head-to-head -head with more. Like, when you're recruiting, right, when you're going down to Texas, you're, you're basically – and you're recruiting right now in Army's big landscape. Air Force and Navy are the main teams you're recruiting against, right? And I see if Army offers 600 kids in the 2024 class, more than 50% Air Force offers out of those 600, and about the same with Navy. They're going after the same pool. Now you're going into Texas trying to recruit a kid, and now they have Rice, right? They have Rice in the conference. They have North Texas in the conference. Say you're going to – UTSA, UTSA also. Yeah, UTSA. You're going to Florida. You have uh, South Florida and Florida Atlantic in this conference. Now you have to go in maybe a battle or two with those schools. I'm not saying every kid you get out of Florida has an offer from South Florida. Every kid you get out of, you know, Texas has an offer from North Texas. Some do. Some do. So um, and some kids actually um, – uh, one guy who originally committed to Army, Trey Moore, I think he played for UTSA. He played at prep or committed to Army, went to UST, US, UTSA, had a good career, and now he's maybe at like an Oklahoma type now for his last year of college. So, I mean, it, it's it, recruiting such a crapshoot. You know, it really is. And they're going for, like you said, they're going for a certain kid's um, certain build and DNA and kids, and we'll see. We'll see. Um, one more for AJ. Being in a conference and possi possibly for a play. That's far-fetched a little bit. I think the playoff spot, the the New Year's uh, Six Bowl or whatever, you got to win the conference, and um, we'll see. Is Army going to be in the co conference championship game next year? Seth? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Who it, knows? Could, it could happen. It could happen. It could happen. Well, they got I a lot. You, I, I, eight games. I, I put them going into the conference next year. What I, what I what I know, I see in the conference games. I say six and two uh, of the eight games. I see them going six and two. That could end up being four and four. Could end up being eight. No, we know we, we don't know. You know, yeah. this is what the coaches do. Um, and then, of course, you have the tough games. You know, Air Force, Navy, and uh, Notre Dame is a different league. And if it is Lehigh, if it is Notre Dame. But, you know, somebody, one team from the group of five is going to make that top 12, uh, that playoff next year. It's guaranteed. Okay. And it could be the AAC and the Mountain West are probably the two best conferences of the group of five. So um, you got to figure that, you know, that at least it's something we can talk about during the year. <laughs> you know, it, it gives us something to, 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 to you know, another goal. Um, it's a long shot, and you got to play Alabama in the first round. That's not true. You play the fifth seed, so you play. You know, maybe it would be Alabama in the first round at Alabama. Oh my God. So, <laughs> that's oh, a little please, scary. Please, please, whatever bowl army would have gone to, 
you can't replicate winning the CIC in the Army Navy game. Well said, James the James Charlo Sr. Um, real quick, um, want to mention a couple guys that I didn't get chance to mention as far as returning guys coming back. Um, Jack Latour, he played pretty well as a defensive end for Army when he was in the game. He's only a sophomore, so he'll be back on the defensive line. I'm thinking, man, they got a lot to replace, right? Well, they have some guys who have seen some action. And guy I want to mention is maybe he can get back into the quarterback mix is Zach Mundell. He was a quarterback. Um, they moved him to wide receiver at the end of last year. Um, he was coming back from injury, hamstring injury at the beginning of this year. They kind of moved him to slot receiver. Maybe he goes back to quarterback for a little bit, at least in spring, see what, what it's all about. And maybe that might be a guy that can also compete behind Bryson Daly. Um, just was going through their roster real quick. Want to get those out there. Um, AJ's firing them away. I know you guys talked about the I defense know. before. Who do you think would be a good replacement for Lowen? Um, Brett Arena? Brett Arena? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I would say. Yeah, I mean, Brett Arena. Um, as far as the inside guys, Adam Cash is a guy who, who will be back on the inside. Um, who am I missing? There's another guy in there that saw some action too. Um, it hurts when you lose guys like Calvin Crumbie and uh, Tano Latuli to the uh, transfer portal. Those are guys who would be next up, so to speak, uh, to replace Lowen. So um, let's see. Yeah, Brett Jarena, Mike Falowski says, um, you know, so, I mean, uh, that's a good question. I mean, but who is going to replace? Um, well, we kind of knew who was going to be the next safety up for Army uh, when Marquel graduated, right? It was Max Domenico. And he definitely stepped up this year, made some big plays. So now they really? got to have another guy replace Q Hammonds. And um, Casey Larkin has some experience, right? Casey Larkin saw some experience back there. Um, my question will be on the defense cornerback because their top three guys have graduated. You know, so what do they do at cornerback? Donovan Platt came back for a stint during the year, but I think he got he he was banged up again. He's a guy that should be back and should be a starter for army next year uh who will play opposite him we all know um they're really high on the freshman quarter steve nadozi we'll see how that plays out you know who knows there could be a freshman corner from the prep school or the um the recruiting class coming in so uh uh we'll go We'll be on for a couple more minutes. These numbers are excellent. Seth, I have to give you a, a thumbs up for going to putting this on that Facebook page. It probably got our views up. And, guys, if you're watching this right now, check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe on our YouTube channel. We're up over 800 subscribers right now. Man, if we can make it to 1,000 sometime be before uh, 2030, that would be great. You know, so, um, you know, we're, we're giving you guys pretty good content. I was pretty close to getting a – a long-time um, Army player uh, for a podcast this week. Didn't happen, um, but we're going to try to get some former players on before, you know, we got a lot of space to cover between now and the spring, right? So we're going to try to get on, maybe do some topic stuff. Maybe we'll do some Seth Mendelson trivia and, uh, you know, go from there. Uh, let's see. Um, he's got a couple more questions here, AJ. What's crazy is I want to know who's going to be on the offensive line replacements and, we kind of talked about that a little bit. They're really going to need th two guys, maybe. Well, if you consider Dave Hoyt coming, David Hoyt being a re returning guy, David Hoyt, 
Lucas Scott, and Brady Small return. So that's probably two other guys. And I said maybe Will Jeffcoat, if he comes back from injury, out of guard, and that tackle is going to probably be wide open. You know, that tackle is going to be probably, who knows, maybe it's a converted tight end. I don't know. You know, maybe it's somebody uh, that we could be uh, a, f- a freshman that really makes t- – um, there's a, a freshman, uh, Paolo uh, Generale. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing his last name incorrectly, but he's a guy who's a big weight room guy, and maybe he's a guy who gets into the mix at tackle uh, uh, for next year. You also got uh, Tanner Bivens, who also was a, was a second-string guy at guard. Uh, he'll 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 be uh, he'll, he'll be back next year. So I mean, there's guys out there that have had some game experience, but not as much as the guys who were graduating, like uh, Connor Fanukin. Uh, I think Booby Law's back for another year. I think, I think, um, Fanukin, Jackson, Filipowicz, Sam Barzak, and those guys. I'm looking at Paulo Generale. He's he, he weighs two ninety six as a freshman. So by the time this kid graduates, he's going to be a three ten, um, and uh, he's a, he's a, he's a big kid. Let's hope he can you know he can play the yeah. position too. Yeah, but, here um, with the only returners, Brady Small, Lucas Scott started most of the year. He's only a junior, so he'll be back. And Hoyt started about half of the games. Uh, he'll be back. And David Hoyt played pretty well at times. You know when he was in there, um, I think he got a little banged up. Um, he was pretty good. Um, so he's finding another tackle, and um, you know. Maybe Tanner Bivens or uh, Jeff Coat or the other guard, and who knows? Um, you know, I think that Matt Drinkle and Mike Vitti, that offensive line got better as the season went on, and um, see if they can build off that Definitely. with the younger guys. They have a good culture. I'm assuming some of the guys that are graduating, well, at least one of those guys is going to be kept on as an AI an athletic intern, and so that culture will still be in the room. Shane Buckingham's another guy who will grad who who will graduate and who. Catalog experience, so and he was a converted tight end, so you just never know. Um, one more thing, we got um, here's a question, here's a good question, Sal, about uh, Champ Harris. What do you think? I don't have, I don't have the answer, man. I don't have the answer. Some people, I, I, I didn't really talk to Champ. Um, of course, I didn't, I was gonna try to reach out to his dad, didn't get the opportunity to do that. Um, I don't know, maybe an opportunity somewhere else is all I'm saying. Because you know that next year you're going to compete with Bryson Daly. I mean, you're not guaranteed starting. Army's not saying you're starting your sophomore year at quarterback, right? Because you have a returning starter. So maybe there's somewhere else where he feels like he can play quicker at Army. Maybe, I mean, he's a Champ Harris. Just talking to Champ Harris, he's a very smart kid. He's a very smart kid. So I I don't think... It was West Point. I think it was he wanted another an opportunity to play maybe closer to home. Florida kid, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, good question, but do you think Lowen Fernu can have next level experience? Um I don't I, know, I don't think they're quite there. I know that Fanukin was getting looks. I thought Fanukin was getting looks. And I know that Lingenfelter was getting looks by Scouts. Scouts were coming up to see those two guys. Now I know that scouts also liked Isaiah Austin a lot, but they he, Isaiah Austin wasn't going to be draft eligible this year coming up. Uh, they thought that um, Isaiah Austin had the most next level talent on Army. So, um, 
now he'll be doing that somewhere else next year and then maybe getting a chance to play uh, going directly to the pros. Maybe that's one of the reasons why Isaiah Austin's not at what I know there's other things going on there, but maybe that's another reason why, because after this year, you know, you can't go directly to get a shot. After oh, this year, year they can go this year too. This, this year you can after this, this year, okay. and who knows things are going to change. Once a new president gets in, things are going to change again. And the guy from Wisconsin is going to get heat from it. Um, talking to Ryan McCarthy on this podcast earlier this year, he says every December it could change. You know, every December they get they get together in the in the uh, summer. They talk about it in December. I mean, it could change. So who knows? Who knows what we'll see next year? But who knows if that was a reason? Um, I would give them a shot in a rookie minicamp. To be honest with you, um, is any Army player going to get drafted this year? No, in my opinion. But I think a, a bunch of guys will get their shots. Um. A guy, if he wants a shot to go after it, is Charlo too. Charlo could get could get at least a rookie minicamp invite, potentially depending on a pro day and you know that kind of stuff. And uh, Lowen could if he wants to. Lowen's three point nine one grade point average at West Point. Does he want to play uh, football at the next level? Maybe he does. You know, um, Bo Nicholas Paul told me he wants to try. And you know, it's not just the NFL anymore. There's the is the USFL still in existence? I think so. Or did they, they merged? Merge? I think they merged. Yeah, the two of them merged together. Yeah, the there USFL was there was a US U, yeah USFL XFL merger. So yeah, that's that, that's options now, right? Scott Flanick, former long snapper of Army, is playing in playing in the U. I think he played in the USFL. Um, so that's an option. That's professional football. So those guys can give it a shot. And why not? I mean, you still got the core guys in the NFL with, um, you know, John Radigan, Elijah Riley, uh, Cole Christensen, Brett Toth. You know, you still got the, those guys in, in 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 the NFL. Andre Carter. How can I forget Andre Carter? Andre you Carter know, so, yeah. I mean, Andre Carter getting into some action on special teams this year as a rookie. I mean, I I expect Andre Carter to line up and go sack the quarterback. You know, double digit times this year, but probably a good developmental year for him so uh man our numbers are crazy still that we're, we're at our highest total right now with people coming on part of me wants to say let's call it night but part of me wants to say let's just keep <laughs> on talking army football so i mean well um, to address uh, aj's uh, question about the uh congressman from wisconsin uh, we're, also, we're all kind of scratching our heads. We understand why he's doing it. He thinks that if you go to the service academies, you know, they're paying for you for four years, that you should go to the military. And uh, I, I think our argument has always been this is great PR for all the academies. If you can go if you can go to uh, the NFL and, and be a star player, Roger Starback, of course, is the best example at Navy. Oh, and, um, and so, I mean, this is what we think. Um, but you're right. If there's a new president uh, in 25, um, we know that Donald Trump was a big fan of, of, of the sports, uh, the various academy sports. He might sit there and try to push it back. Um, uh, but, you know, who knows? Um, but they definitely got that law passed last year. And uh, I thought it was last year it ended, but apparently it's this year. Not a grandfather. They were grandfathers. Yeah, so. yeah. grandfather then. I, uh, I, I, you know, I think mainly. Yeah, I, I think mainly that guy was just trying to, you know, get get some uh, get get some eyeballs on himself. Um, but uh, I, I I mean I, I agree with Seth. I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's foolish to prevent 
it's, especially because it's such a, a narrow thing and and there's all of these other you know like world class world class athlete programs road yeah. scholarships like there's all these other exceptions where people don't go directly to serving out their contract um and to to limit this one in particular where like there's no there like i mean there is no there's basically no monoculture left there but there's no bigger generator of eyeballs left in america than nfl sundays and and just generally people watching nfl games so to just say no to that just from a you know a, a quote-unquote basic advertising standpoint is foolish well i mean you can't you can't buy it or i mean you can but you're gonna pay for it um it just seems ridiculous to me i mean it's it you know it, it reminds me of a, a certain other member of the senate complaining that you know every so often the troops get a, a lobster meal and it's like you ever heard of morale dude like have you ever heard of morale for the troops like you know, it's, it's funny i not funny but you know, last year I believe this came out about Army Navy Week when this was went down, and I'm surprised this year yeah. passed and there was nothing. You heard nothing about this year. Um, AJ, if you want to find out a lot of information about that, just type in Ryan McCarthy on our. Just type in Ryan McCarthy Black Knight Nation on a YouTube search, and his most recent interview that he did with us this year will give you a ton of information on that. It was great to have uh, Ryan McCarthy, former secretary of the army on our podcast for the second time. And he was very, it was a very informational podcast and uh, I don't think things have changed. I hope uh, we can get Ryan back on when this becomes another a topic again too, because he's, uh, you know, he's a supporter of it to get the kids getting a chance. He, he signed off on the Elijah Riley's. He signed off, off on the Cole Christensen's. He signed off on the Connor Slump because when Connor Slump got, a chance to be, be in a, a, a rookie mini camp. So, I mean, um, it'd be, it'd be good to follow. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, um, I look at just to, you know, we were just talking army, but this also involves air force and Navy and Trey Taylor. I mean, he was the, uh, Jim Thorpe award winner, right. For air force. Um, I'm assuming that he has, he probably has a chance to play at the next level. I'm assuming. So it's not just Army football players, it's Navy and Air Force players, too, that are involved in this. Um, let's see. I watched a podcast. Did Ryan McCarthy contact the congressman? Um, I have to feel – I don't think directly. I think through, um, like, uh, connections. I think that he knew somebody in Congress who knew that, knew that congressman from Wisconsin. And, um, yeah. Um, man, it's an hour and a half plus. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta jump off, but I'll, I'll tease this. Um, so if, if the Notre Dame game for this season becomes official, that'll be the most common opponents in a season that there's ever been between Army and Navy. But you've already got, you've already got in conference, uh, East Carolina, Rice Temple, UAB plus Air Force, um, and if it's Notre Dame, that's six, and then obviously they play each other. So that's just like – that's a lot of shared tape uh, next season. But if they're in the same conference, this is this is the new normal. So Very true. Um, it's, it's truly a new era in uh, service academy football. Very true. We thank Very everybody true. for joining that's us. Interesting. Seth, we're going to wrap it up. Tease. 
Let me give my tease. Army Recross starts in the end of January. We'll be covering that, and they're going to be good. They're going to be a top ten team. A lot of kids back. Oh yeah, so, I'm I'm super excited for for both the men's and the women's, but the men's in particular. And, and the like, women too are going to be much. Women are going to be much better. The men are going to be. They lost only their very good goalie, all conference goalie, uh, and one other kid, a defense player, a defenseman. But they have a lot of kids back. They're young. They're hungry, and um, they play a top schedule. Syracuse, North Carolina, the Patriot yeah. League. Uh, somebody else real good in there. Well, um, Rutgers, very good team. UMass, and then they play a very tough schedule in the Patriot League, and that starts, I think, the first week of February, and we'll be uh, we'll be covering that. Seth, where are you going to be next Saturday? I'll be at the, up at West Point for a college fo- a college basketball game. One o'clock start, right? Holy Cross. First, the Army uh, Black Knights men's, yes. First uh, uh, Patriot League, home Patriot League game against, there we go. Uh, against Holy Cross. We'll try to get you guys covered with the other sports now that football season's over, but we appreciate your time. This has been the most viewed podcast we've done in a while. We thank everybody for joining. Check out BlackKnightNation.com for coverage, recruiting coverage, uh, Bo Nicholas Paul story. Check out our YouTube channel for uh, podcasts like this, interviews with players, current players, past players, coaches, and everything like that. Um, check out our Facebook page. Check out our Black Knight Nation Instagram. We have some stuff up there, too. Thanks a lot, everybody. Uh, Happy Brendan's New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Beat them. See you, everybody. Thanks a lot.